Could a houseplant detect toxins in water? That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. In summer of 2022, the federal government announced a need for drastic cuts in allocations from the Colorado River to avoid a crisis in the system that supplies farms and millions of people with water and hydropower. But last week, the Bureau of Reclamation said that conditions have improved and additionally, a plan by California, Arizona, and Nevada to curtail their water use will keep the region on a stable footing for the next few years. The Bureau had released a proposal that would have forced those three states in the lower basin of the Colorado River to cut usage, which could have hurt California farmers or cities like Los Angeles, Phoenix, and Las Vegas. The three states then proposed voluntary reductions, which along with wetter conditions this year, have decreased the risk that water levels will drop at the two main reservoirs on the river, Lake Mead and Lake Powell. U.S. Bureau of Reclamation Commissioner Camille Kalimlim Tutin told CNN that record conservation by California, Arizona, and Nevada is already having an impact on the reservoirs. Americans buy more bottled water than any other packaged beverage, some under names like Poland Spring, Arrowhead, and Pure Life. The company that sells many of these brands is now Blue Triton and was formerly Nestle. It's attracting much attention because of the millions of plastic bottles it uses containing fresh water, often bought at low cost and sold at a much higher price and only one out of six of the bottles is recycled. While the amount of plastic that the industry uses is drawing scrutiny, Blue Triton is also being criticized for its intensive use of groundwater and river supplies. The New York Times reports that Blue Triton is fighting to be able to withdraw groundwater in Maine, where it wants to lock up a supply for 45 years. In California, the company is suing the state after regulators recently ruled that it must stop pumping water from the San Bernardino National Forest for its Arrowhead brand. In Colorado, Blue Triton was successful over the objections from environmentalists in securing a contract to take water from the Arkansas River Basin that starts high up in the Rockies. Hydrologists warn that pumping groundwater to sell in bottles should be considered as an additional strain on watersheds and aquifers, not to mention residential wells. In your house, you likely have smoke detectors to warn about fires or monitors that alert you of dangerous carbon monoxide. But what if you had plants that could tell you if your water had toxic chemicals? Researchers in California have devised such a thing. Although still in its infancy, a team at University of California Riverside have found a way to have leaves change their color when a plant detects toxins in water. In this case, a banned pesticide. When plants are stressed during drought, they produce a hormone called ABA, short for abscisic acid. Protein receptors in the plant recognize the ABA compound and jump into action to close pores in leaves and stems to keep it from wilting. The researchers were able to hack those ABA receptors to recognize other chemicals, such as ones found in pesticides, and have them tell the plants to turn their leaves beet red when they sense their target. The study was a delicate balance between allowing a plant to grow and develop properly while also turning it into a toxin detective. But 
don't expect to find these green sleuths at your garden center anytime soon. Sean Cutler at UC Riverside told H2O Radio that the concept would first have to go through a rigorous regulatory approval process, but adds that there is great potential to use plant sentinels as cost-effective ways to signal not only pesticide pollution, but also other contaminants in water supplies like pharmaceuticals or toxins at cleanup sites. And finally, waking up to smell the coffee has taken on new meaning as we come to recognize the environmental impacts of our lattes and cafe Americanos. Climate change is reducing the places where coffee trees can grow, causing farmers to deforest cooler, higher altitude areas, which adds to global warming. But a Seattle-based company wants to fix our unsustainable addiction to java by brewing it without coffee beans. Atomo Coffee has created a beanless espresso drink made from plant waste that has the same molecular structure of traditional coffee using all natural ingredients. The grind comes from upcycled agricultural waste such as date pits and caffeine left over from green tea production. Some ingredients were selected for helping to lower its water footprint, like peas, which are drought tolerant, and millet, which can be grown in arid conditions. Atomo claims its initial proof-of-concept cold brew reduced carbon emissions by 93% and used 94% less water than regular coffee. The formulation, which includes guava, lemon, and sunflower seed extract, creates the coffee's flavor, which the company describes as tasting like dark chocolate, dried fruit, and graham cracker. And as of October 10th, if you're in Midtown Manhattan, you can sample a cup to see if you agree. If enough people do catch the Atomo buzz, it begs the question, are the likes of Starbucks going to become has-beens? That's it for this week in water. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.